Uh, God's doing a neat work here at Sunrise, and uh, uh, it's time to get ready. Anybody knows the news about the Ebola virus? We just talked about this. Remember this? Just a few weeks ago, man. It's escalating massively since we talked about that last night, and, uh, or a few weeks ago. Uh, in our final countdown update. That's how fast things are progressing. I, we just get done studying them, and here they come again. And this is why we're even back in this study, even though nine months ago we went through the big study for 50 weeks, because, folks, this is really happening. And it's happening at a massive scale, and we need to get equipped. Because, again, uh, the only way that you're going to be able to discern the times we live in and not be caught off guard, we're going to see that as the constant theme from Jesus in this study today, is when you get in the Bible, and specifically Bible prophecy. Okay, but the trend in the church today is don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Uh, I dealt with this at the conference in Colorado Springs and just uh, uh, exposed that lie. The church not only doesn't want to learn one-third of the Bible, which is prophecy, by the way, okay, but now they say if you try to give it to them, it's doom and gloom. How many of you guys heard that one? You just said one-third of the Bible is bad. Stop and think about what you're saying, folks. This is the only book on the planet that we can be prepared and be equipped. Because the point is this, praise God, as we sung, we're not staying here forever. Anybody glad? Yeah! <laughs> and all these signs of Christ's return means he's coming back to get us from where we're going. Heaven, hello, that's a great place. Last time I checked, Mario. Okay, and uh, so that's exciting news. Who wouldn't want to hear about that? But for those of us who that is secure, the logical conclusion then is, then use what time we have left to tell other people. Because folks, even your worst enemy, you don't ever want them to go to hell join you one day in heaven that's why we're once again in this study amen check this out you guys like cats you guys cat people all right now i know that's a little shaky ground there because we got cat people dog people and that's one of the easiest ways to start a church division so i'm not going there just pay attention okay where things are going good uh anyway so one day there's this uh, little girl her name was Susie, right and she's standing on the side of the sidewalk right out in front of her house there, Don. And, and next to her was this basket with a, a number of little kittens in there. And in her hand was this big old sign that just simply said, free kittens, right? Well, all of a sudden, Joey, get this. There's this big line of black cars pulled up right out there uh, in front of her house there. And out of the lead car uh, stepped this woman. And she said this. She goes, hi there, little girl. I'm Hillary Clinton. What do you have in the basket there? He's treading sacred ground. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the little girl said this. She goes, uh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Sound effects. I like that. And so here comes Hillary Clinton. She goes, what do you got in the basket there? And the little girl, she says, well, obviously, you can hear kittens, right? And so Hillary goes, well, well how old are they? And Susie replied, uh, they're so young, their eyes aren't even open yet. And so Hillary asked again. She says, well, what kind of kittens are they? And little Susie answered with a smile. She says, they're Democrats. Well, Hillary, she was obviously surprised at this, and she saw a good PR moment, right? And so she called her PR chief on the phone, told him about the girl and the little kittens there. And, and so they agreed that Hillary should return the next day, and in front of an assembled media, have the girl talk about her discerning kittens, right? And uh, so sure enough, the next day, little Susie, she's standing out there on the sidewalk again outside of her house. She's got her basket there, and the little sign says, free kittens, when another motorcade pulls up this time, and this time it was full of vans from ABC and NBC and CBS and CNN, and, and soon all the cameras are, are pouring out there and the equipment are going up everywhere, and Hillary, she gets out of her limo and she walks over to little Susie there and, and she says to her again, she goes, hello there, little girl. Uh, I'd love it if you'd tell all my friends here uh, what kind of kittens you're giving away. And little, little Susie says, they're Republicans. Well, yeah, taking my surprise, Hillary, she, she just stammers back. She goes, but, but wait, wait a second, yesterday you said they were Democrats. 
And little Susie smiled and said, yeah, I know, but, but today they have their eyes open. Oh, no. He's getting political on us. Oh, can you believe that? Now, folks, you know how I feel about politics. We all know that politics come from two words. Poly, meaning many, and ticks, blood-sucking creatures. Okay, so that explains a whole lot. Okay, but that's not my point in bringing that up. Okay, the point is this. Sometimes when your eyes are open to the truth, it changes things just like that. And, folks, did you know, believe it or not, when your eyes are open to the truth, that one day God's wrath is going to come pouring out on this planet, it'll change you just like that. Number one, if you're a Christian, it'll cause you to stop goofing off and get busy sharing the gospel, amen? Number two, if you're not a Christian, it'll cause you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior now because you are flirting with disaster, okay? And that's not a joke. You will be left behind at the rapture of the church. You will be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation, and you don't want to be there. The Bible's very clear. That is an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. I didn't say it. Jesus did. He said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. Uh, so horrible that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. How many guys would say that's kind of a bad weekend? Okay, just a little bit, okay? And therefore, in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day here at Sunrise, from being left behind, even worse than being blind about politics, uh, we're going to continue, that's right, uh, with our final countdown update okay and so far we've already seen the first five updates on the final countdown update that was the jewish people the antichrist we talked about modern technology worldwide upheaval the planet's going to blow up and then last time if you guys recall we saw the rise of falsehood and what we saw is the bible clearly tells us folks when you see on the planet a massive increase of false messiahs i.e people claiming to be jesus christ all over the planet and that's happening right now Number two, when you also see at the same time an increase of false myths, okay, muthos uh, in the Greek there, where people are actually saying right now that they saw Jesus on a piece of toast, the Oprah show, even cat fur, okay, and they're listening to stories not from the Bible, the truth from the Bible, but stories literally made up and people are being duped. The Bible says when you see that, you are living in the last days. As we saw, every single one of those are happening on a massive global scale, which means, hey, it's time to get motivated. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to get motivated. Okay, is the obvious conclusion there, okay? But that's not all. The third sign of falsehood, because we're still going to deal with the deceit, Lord willing, for a couple of weeks, letting us know we're living in the last days, is you're going to see also a rise of false messengers. False messiahs, okay, is what you're going to see. You're going to see false myths, stories made up, but people propagating this baloney called false messengers. And boy, do they come in some pretty weird forms and we're going to see that today okay but again don't take my word for it let's listen to god's open your bibles to the classic passage again matthew 24 matthew 24 let's take a look there at the text and again we're going to bounce around instead of reading the whole chapter for the sake of time i want to focus in on this chapter several different places folks jesus lays down the theme of deception that's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation okay and we're going to bounce around on a couple there but matthew 24 okay and uh, let's take a look, starting with verses 3 through 5 is the first portion, all right? And here's what Jesus said. Now, first of all, he's sitting on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately. They said, well, hey, tell us, Jesus, uh, when is this going to happen? And what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And the very first thing that Jesus said, number one, numero uno, Jesus answered, watch out that what? No one deceives you. Why? Because many will come in my name, Jesus says, claiming I am the Christ. And what? Says the second time, deceive many. Okay, now pop down to verse 10. 
Jesus goes on. He says, now at that time, many will turn away from the faith and they will betray and listen, hate each other. And many false prophets will appear. And what, what's the word again? Deceive, again, many people. Okay, is what he says. Now, pop down to verse 23. Now, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ. Or, uh, there he is. Do not believe it, Jesus says. Why? Because for false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles. Here's the word again. And what? Deceive even the elect, if that were possible. And he closes with this. See, I told you ahead of time. Okay, in other words, folks, Jesus is basically saying there, uh, there's no reason for you and I, Christian, if we stick to his words, we're ever going to get caught off guard, right? We can't be duped if you stick with the Bible, okay? But the first thing that Jesus said, now listen to the context there. We've already talked about earthquakes and famines and pestilence and wars. Before he even goes into that, the first thing in response to the question, how do we know it's getting close? Jesus said, you better watch out because there's going to be massive, massive deception in the seven-year tribulation, right? Deceit, 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 deceit. And unfortunately, it's going to work because he says it also repeatedly, many, 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 many are going to fall for it. In fact, he lays it on the line. He says, in fact, it's so powerful that if you're not careful, even the elect could get snookered into that, okay? Okay, and so he says, in other words, see, I've told you ahead of time. Okay, you're going to see these false teachers, these false messages, the false prophets. But the good news is, if we just stick with the Bible, if we stick to the words of Jesus, if, believe it or not, we're actually taught and learned Bible prophecy, because that's what this passage is about, okay, we can't be duped, okay? Turn to somebody and say, I can't be duped if I stick to the Bible. And then just go say, ugh, because that makes it sound evangelistic, doesn't it? Bible, ugh. Okay, it's the rule there, okay, in case you're wondering, okay? Now, that's the good news, right? Hey, praise God, I, 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 I will not, I don't have to be led astray. Yeah, I can go to sleep. Now, the problem we saw last time, that's not the trend in the church, which is another sign of Bible prophecy being in the last days. The trend in the church we saw was that people have gathered around themselves in the church preachers teachers who will only tickle their ears it's kinetho in the greek and it means only pleasant things how do you know you're in the last days when all you get in the church is only pleasant things from the pulpit and the people demand that okay number one number two we also saw that people the bible said in the last days and this is the trend that's happening today they're turning away from this book the bible and they're deliberately turning towards muthos stories made up they're listening to man's wisdom, not God's wisdom, and anything. Because anything goes nowadays. You know, I, the, the Lord told me I had a word from God, etc., blah, blah. I was in the shower, and the, a beam of light was on my armpit, and an angel spoke to me from the soap bar. And... Now, if you hear last time, that sounds pretty out there, but that's almost about what we saw people were doing, okay? Now, here's the point. Now, as crazy as that is, Okay, that is not the only false messenger that is duping people across the planet right now today. Another one, a huge one, guys, and I couldn't wait to get to this because most evangelical Christians don't realize how deep this deception is. Another false messenger that's duping people out there right now is the Catholic Mary. Now, not the biblical Mary, but the Catholic Mary. And the Catholic Mary is messed up. It's not the biblical one, okay? And believe it or not, folks, right now, one of the most biggest deceitful sources of false messages leading people away from Jesus is this Catholic Mary and the supposed visions of the Virgin Mary, okay? And I want to share with a couple of you uh, some ones that are going on right now. Let's take a look at those. 
Some people believe this is just a carving in a tree. Others believe that it's a miracle. It's a small carving in a tree, measuring about six inches in length, but now hundreds of people are coming by just to take a glimpse of the carving. A carving they believe is of the Virgin Mary. Why do you believe? She said that she feel it in her heart. She feel it inside that it was the Virgin of Guadalupe. Elba was the first to spot the carving Tuesday afternoon on her way to the store here on busy Bergen Line Avenue in West New York, New Jersey. By nightfall, word began to spread and the faithful began to gather, so much so that police had to put up barricades and station several officers here. The site has become a sort of tourist attraction with pics of the carving now being sold here. Like all this spiritual energy in that one uh, carving of her, it's amazing. Gianni and his mother Lillian are among the many also praying here. People here believe this carving resembles the Roman Catholic icon known as Our Lady of Guadalupe. Many in the crowd tell Fox 5 that they believe the carving also holds mystical powers. Right now I'm having a lot of sensational feelings and a lot of energies going through my body. And when I touched her, it's yeah. like my fingers felt numb. Believers are flocking. Hail Mary. To this Baton Rouge neighborhood. To see a statue of Mother Mary with her own eyes. The faith of all the people who are coming here is at stake. You see, everyone here believes the statue is bleeding. Hai Win is the owner. His daughter translated for us and says he was doing lawn work when the unexpected happened. He looked up and he saw blood flowing down. Blood dripping from the side of Mary's face. And the word spread quickly. He don't know how to explain it. It's, he just know that maybe the God sent a message through Mary. One faithful says he has seen these manifestations before. A possible miracle right in their living room. A family in northern Israel bought a statue of the Virgin Mary last year. Now they say the statue appears to be crying. Osama Khoury, his wife and children are Greek Orthodox. Some Muslim neighbors have seen the tears as well. It started when Amira Khoury recently noticed the statue was seemingly covered with oil. She says it even spoke to her, telling her not to be afraid. Word of this has quickly spread. Some 2,000 people of all faiths have come to see the statue in just the last week. Wow, 2,000 people from all different religions are coming to see that statue? What's it? Folks, here, this, apparently this is the solution. If we all get statues of Mary, and if they start to speak to us, especially, uh, we can bring all the religions together on the planet as one, and we can have peace, and we can, hey, hey, let's be honest, folks. If you actually, if a statue, I don't care who it was, if it actually started to speak to you, how many of you guys would run the other way like a little girl screaming your head off like Joey? Anybody? <laughs> you know it's true. I got to deal with the facts, bro. I'm sorry. Okay, what? <laughs> Excuse me, it spoke to you? Okay, now folks, as crazy as that is, that's not where we get truth from. Okay? Jesus did not say, don't be deceived in the last days. See, I've told you ahead of time. Make sure that you listen to statues with bird droppings on them or condensation leaking from their faces, because that's what it is. I'm sorry, folks, we've got to call it for what it is. And he certainly didn't say, make sure you rub a piece of tree bark and cry. And your finger goes numb. Probably from tree sap is my theory, okay? Why? Okay, because Jesus specifically warned us against this kind of stuff. 
and that it would escalate in the last days. He said, false prophets, false Christ will appear with their false messages, but the good news is, if you just stick with the Bible, you can't be steered wrong, right? And that's why people are being deceived, okay? But listen, folks, I'm telling you, this is the tip of the tip of the iceberg. This is really what I want to get you to. This is a massive global deception. This isn't happening just in here in the United States and Louisiana, okay? It is happening on a global scale. And now it's going from beyond just, listen, statues with bird droppings on them or tree bark that looks like a figurine. What's happening right now is there's actual apparitions showing up. And these apparitions are saying they're merry, and it's happening right now as we sit here all over the world. Let's watch that. Around the world, reports of supernatural events are drawing millions to apparition sites where the Virgin Mary is said to be appearing. Thousands of visionaries from every conceivable background describe a beautiful young woman glowing in radiant splendor. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's real big. Going up? Yeah, she's big. She's just standing there. Millions flock to apparition sites, hoping to encounter the Blessed Virgin Mary. Consider that 15 to 20 million Marian followers visit a single shrine in Guadalupe, Mexico every single year. An estimated 30 million pilgrims have visited Majugori since the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary began in 1981. Besides the six visionaries who regularly receive messages from the Virgin, thousands of pilgrims claim to see signs and wonders, experience healing, and hear the voice of Mary at Majugori. She appears as a living, breathing, three-dimensional lady, enveloped in exquisite light. Seers, when describing her, admit that the Queen of Heaven transcends human description. Well, hey, I mean, it's got to be real. I mean, it appears as some lighted being or, excuse me? Well, first of all, if you read the Bible, what a concept. Okay, you'll see that the Bible clearly says that Satan himself can masquerade as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. check it out yourself. But secondly, folks, your other clue that you're dealing with a demonic entity here, duping people, is not only that, but did you catch the title that they're given this uh, supposed vision of the Virgin Mary? She's called the Queen of Heaven. Now, you won't get this unless you read the Bible. What a concept. But the queen of heaven, according to the Old Testament, was a false female deity that Israel worshipped and invited the judgment of God. I didn't say that. Jeremiah did, folks. I can't believe that people are repeating this today. But again, if you don't read the Bible and you don't study it, you get duped. Jeremiah 7, 16 through 20 says this, and God is speaking to, their, to the people. Listen to this. He said, God's speaking, do not pray for this people nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me for I won't even listen to you. How many guys would say God's a little upset here? Okay, okay good. And Bible interpreters, you. Uh, do not, and he says, here's why. Don't you see what they're doing in the towns of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem? 
The children gather wood. The fathers light the fire. And the woman knead the dough and make cakes of bread for who? The queen of heaven is the same title. Now, as we saw with the videos earlier, when these people are going up to that tree bark, what were they doing? Lighting candles, if you will, making fire, leaving stuff before. It's the same thing. It's being repeated today. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger, God says. But I, am I the one they're provoking, declares the Lord? Are they not rather harming themselves to their own shame? What are you doing? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field, and on the fruit of the ground. And it will burn and not be quenched. So again, how many discerning biblical scholars out there could uh, conclude, based on that passage, God doesn't like worshiping the, the people to worship Queen of Heaven? All three of you, praise God, you interns. All right, okay. Why? Because it's a demonic deception. God does not want us to be deceived. That's why he gave us his word, the Bible. And the good news, if you just stick to this, Jesus' words, and certainly study Bible prophecy, Old or New Testament, you can't be duped, Okay. But that's not what people are doing today, okay? The queen of heaven, the so-called visions of Virgin Mary, if you read the Bible, is clearly one of these false messengers that Jesus is warning about in the last days, okay? And not only that, if you read the Bible, turn to somebody, we've got to get onto this theme. What a concept. Now, if you read the Bible, what a concept. You'll also see there's no way this thing is the Virgin Mary. Not just because of the queen of heaven title, but because the Bible is very clear. Anybody glad about this? When you get to heaven, you stay there, right? And Mary's in heaven, and she's there, and she ain't coming back, which means this is not coming from her. This is what Jesus clearly said in Luke 16, folks, uh, verse 24 through 26. And he cried out, this is the parable between the rich man who went to hell and Lazarus who went to Abraham's bosom or paradise. And he cried out and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue because I am partying down here with my buddies. And that's what a lot of people say about hell. Oh, party with my butt. No, you're in agony uh, in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here and yeah, you are in agony. Now, here's what he says. Besides all this, between us and you, there's a great chasm fixed. So that, listen, those who wish to come over from here to you, what? Will not be able. And that none, how many? None may cross over from there to us, okay? In other words, according to Jesus, listen, and this includes Mary, that when a person dies, you're not coming back from the grave. Jesus said there's a chasm fixed between the two. You're not crossing back and over. Even if you want to go back, it ain't happening. There is no crossing back and forth. Once you're in heaven, praise God, you're in heaven. But once you're in hell, if you reject Jesus Christ, you ain't getting out of there either. It's an eternal uh, problem, okay? There's no second chances. And again, with all due respect, I'm sure Mary was a great godly woman. And, and we know, if you read the Bible, she was the one chosen of God, okay, uh, to bring forth the Messiah. It's a great ministry. But guess what? She's a Christian just like you and I today. So that means when we die, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're in heaven. So that means these apparitions, I don't care what they say. I don't care how many goosebumps that people have on their goosebumps. Okay, when it happens, okay, it's not the biblical Mary. And Job was very emphatic about this. You're not coming back. 
okay? And here's what he says, a couple passages from Job, uh, chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. As a cloud vanishes and is gone, so he who goes down to the grave, what? Does not return. He will, what? Never come to his house again. His place will know him no more. Job 10, 20 through 21. Are not my few days almost over? Turn away from me so that I can have a moment's joy before I go to the place of what? No return. Job 16, 22. Only a few years will pass before I go on the journey of no return. In other words, just like the rest of the scripture, Job makes it very clear that when you die, you're going straight to heaven. Or if you reject God's gospel, his son, Jesus Christ, you're going straight to hell. And so shall it always be. Again, I belabor that fact because, folks, I'm not saying these people did not see this apparition. I'm not saying they didn't hear something. I'm not even saying that they didn't have some emotional response to that. But if you read the Bible, what's the phrase? What a concept. Oh, thank you. Participation people, you. If you read the Bible, you're going to see that it's not Mary. And what you're going to see is you are absolutely treading on dangerous ground. Because the Bible says these apparitions that do appear and say that they're a former loved one like Mary is a demon. And the Bible actually calls them a familiar spirit. And they're there to deceive you and to lead you away from the truth and certainly lead you away from God. And this is why God warned us, if you read the Bible, in Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 14. He said this, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divinate. Think of what's on TV today as I go through this who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who's a what? Medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice this stuff, sorcery or divination. But as for you, God's people, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. Why? Because he loves us and he doesn't want us deceived. He knows, folks, this is a sewer pipe of demonic deception. And you just, what's the phrase? What a concept. We'll get it by next year. Whatever. If you just stick with the Bible, okay, then you can't be deceived, okay? But this is a demonic deception. He doesn't want us to be deceived. Now listen, wonder of wonders, these people who were receiving these apparitions of the Virgin Mary, quote unquote, can anybody guess what practices they use in order to manifest those appearances? It rhymes with the occult. Thank you, Bobby. They're using the same occult practices, the very things that God just warned us, don't you ever do, or you're going to be duped by a demon. Let's take a look at that proof. Recent appearances of Mary have been reported in nearly every habitable nation. Are these events legitimate? Is God sending us a message? However you answer, one thing is certain. The apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary draw millions to every corner of the globe.
Many followers believe the Blessed Mother is present. Currently, she is appearing all over the world, hundreds of times. There, there are many visionaries. Nancy is one of the links. And uh, the time is running out, and Our Lady said that she is stopping in everywhere. Definitely believe something's going on. And for all those who believe, they may now have the proof they need to convince others. Two scientists from Columbia came to the farm yesterday to study Fowler, and they say she is definitely seeing something when she goes into her trances. It has a brain activity that looks and seems to be like coma, but she is awake and fully responsive. Uh, let me get this straight here. Let's, let's try to be discerning here and not, you know, overly judgmental. But, but in order to get these supposed uh, visions of the Virgin Mary, you go into a coma-like trance state, the same exact mind-altering technique that the occult uses to make demons manifest themselves. Hmm. Do we really need to pray and fast 15 years or go to a prayer and fasting conference with meals included to figure out what's this going to come from? They actually have that, if you can believe that. Uh, but I digress. Excuse me, how many guys would say, if you're using the same technique that the occult uses to conjure up, in their own words, demons, and you're using the same technique, that this is probably a demon. It's the exact same thing, folks, okay? It's the exact same thing. But listen, if you don't want to listen to God's word, which I don't recommend, and you don't want to listen to what we've just discussed uh, so far, biblically, why we know this is a demonic deception in the last days, uh, let's take a look at a couple other testimonies I have from Christians who flirted with occult practices, and you tell me what shows up 100% of the time. You don't want to mess with it. Uh, Christine and Bud, I've shared these before, but I got another one coming. Uh, she said this, she says, my father, when he was in the military, he got heavily involved with the occult. And uh, he said that he was in a seance with some of his clan, and the table started levitating, and he heard voices. Uh, they all ran out of the room, and these phantom things followed. Uh, he didn't say too much more about the experience. Uh, the weird thing is, he says that a bald man sits by him at night and tells him what the kids are doing. How many guys would say that's not the captain of the, the Starship Enterprise? That Jean Lucard? Yeah, whatever. Excuse me? Folks, that's a demon apparition. She says, then there was a Ouija board at our house from my father. Uh, can I tell you, can I be blown with you, Christian? If you got one in the house, you better get rid of it now and get rid of it fast. You better burn it. You better get rid of it. And you better repent and ask God for forgiveness. Because you're going to see, folks, all this stuff invites demonic activity. Don't play with this stuff. The Ouija board. And these are Christians I'm giving you testimonies from. From her house, from her father. Somehow we got a hold of it and started playing with it. Well, what happened? Well, pretty soon we started hearing scratching inside the walls of the house. And after that, to this day, the house scares the heck out of me. Uh, there's something there not godly. Well, you start messing with the occult practices, even as a Christian... What do you think he attracts? Right. This is from Bud. He says, growing up, I was always fascinated about the possibility of other life out there. Uh, I, I couldn't get enough about him. So while surfing the net about, what? Ghost hunting. Isn't that the rage today, all these ghost shows? He said, I ran across a video that showed you how to make them show up on demand. It worked so well that I would invite my family and friends over on weekends to witness it, and we would have barbecues and play with this. However, it wasn't long before I started to see dark shadows pass over me and around the yard. They were darker than the night, but so dark you could still see them. He said, hard to explain, but true. I never said anything to anyone so they wouldn't get scared. Plus, I didn't even really know what I was seeing. It wasn't until a few weeks later that my second oldest daughter said to me, quote, Dad, what are those dark things that fly over us? And when I heard this, I, I got the chills and my eyes started to water. Uh, it was such a strange feeling because I guess I was hoping maybe it was just me. So I caught my breath and said, so you see them also, huh? And then my youngest daughter said this. She said, Dad, I see him all over the yard and in my room. 
And it hit me hard because she had been telling me something that would bother her at night and throw her stuffed animals at her when she was sleeping and then would hold her down. I even slept on her floor one night to show her that there was nothing to be scared of. In fact, I set up a video camera to prove to her that nothing happens while we're sleeping. Quote, well, I couldn't show her that video because she was right. I was wrong. Uh, then one night, my wife uh, and the kids took the puppies outside to let them run before bed. And my daughter ran back in telling mom, uh, mom said to come and look at this. Well, when I got outside, I looked up and this huge reaper-shaped thing was gliding in the air going around our house. It looked like silk flying in the wind, but it kept circling our house. So I walked up to about 10 feet from it and it just stared back at me. I could not see the, a face, but the hood was facing right at me. It was a windy full moon night, and when I saw it fly in front of me, I said, God, what is that? Uh, we didn't talk much about it later uh, after that, and still don't today. Listen to a synopsis. We no longer watch videos on ghost hunting or UFOs or even scary movies, etc. Why? Because now, you learn the hard way, we know who they are and we know what they want. In other words, when you start messing with the occult, you get out of the Bible, and even as a Christian, do things that God said, leave it alone. You're going to invite occult behavior. And folks, these are the exact same techniques that these so-called visionaries of the Virgin Mary are using. It's all demonic. But if you don't want to believe that, I just got a guy called me a couple months ago, and I think from like the Louisiana area. His name is Josh. And he told me, I said, dude, you got to write this down, because he, he wanted to share it with me so I could deliberately share it with the church. And this is just a couple months ago. And this is what he and his wife, Christians, encountered when you flirt with things you shouldn't flirt with in the occult. Here's what he said. He said, on February 21st this year, he said, my wife and I, we were changed forever. Several years ago, I began a quest, not a godly one, but one of self-fulfillment. I'd been raised a Baptist from a very young age and uh, went to church regularly, but something was always missing in my life. I'd always been and still have been a very observant person, and I started to question the fake people who we keep, uh, kept coming in contact with in the church. The church seemed to be made up of people who were more of members of a club than a group of people who had been saved. And these people occupied the pews every Sunday. Their presence outweighed the good people. Listen, he said, and it built a resentment in me that I could not escape. Lord, Lord, on Sundays you could hear him, he says, but their behavior denied him the rest of the week. He says, you get the picture. He says, so I, I started questioning my faith. I started looking into new age occult practices. I stopped going to church services. I lived a life for me. I indulged in the afterlife. Daily programming, listen, such as ghost adventures, ghost hunters, paranormal entity, ghost lab, pretty much anything dealing with the afterlife I could get and I would record it on my DVR and my weekend was set. He said, now I knew God's law forbids us to go into such places for our own protection, but like most defiant children, sometimes we learn things the hard way. He said, eventually I convinced my wife to try this new EVP experiment or electronic voice phenomenon. We saw him do it on TV, so uh, how bad could it be, right? All capital letters, he says this, I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> he said, it was getting kind of late, and my wife and I proceeded to bed. Then all of a sudden we heard a whisper say, there are two. And then it mentioned both of our names. I immediately nudged my wife, asking if she was whispering something, and she said no. Needless to say, we both turned pale white. Who is this? Well, uh, uh, why are they saying our names? Is this a relative? You know, like Mary. We, we left the recording alone for about a week until curiosity got the best of us. And after all, my wife thought that this co uh, could possibly be her aunt because after all, her aunt was the only one that called her by her full name. 
So determined to see if this was a relative, we turned the recorder back on, proceeded to ask if there was someone there. I started to hear a slow, deep moan, but I thought it might be coming from me. So I asked it to get louder and it got very loud. So in a state of panic, I shut off the recorder and told my wife that was no relative. And in my head, I hoped I didn't do something I was going to regret. Then my wife screams as she's looking at the ground in the living room and two of the four ornaments that are on the coffee table are now on the ground in a perfect straight line. We are speechless, frozen, and terrified all at the same time. How is this possible? But more importantly, what have we done? Well, nothing happens for about 10 minutes and we're still in the state of panic. And I walk into the kitchen and what I see next terrifies me. There were multiple items, salt and pepper shakers, items we just bought from the grocery store, ornaments on the microwave, either stacked up or on one another or moved to a different location that both of us knew wasn't there before. Then all of a sudden, one of our wooden coasters flies off the end of the table, shoots straight at it and hits the front door, smashes into the door, making this ear-piercing sound, all caps, earth-shattering terror does not even begin to explain the emotions we are going through. He says, nothing can describe this feeling. It's the most helpless feeling I've ever felt. So my wife immediately calls the pastor of the church we had attended, and even as she's telling him on the phone what happened, this thing now moves into our bedroom. My wife's five large candles that sit on our dresser were now all placed in different locations on our bed. And then out of nowhere, this thing starts to cling to me. I could feel its cold grasp on my body with this pushing feeling on my chest, making it hard to breathe. But suddenly I'm enveloped with this horrible feeling of pure terror. I made eye contact with my Bible in the bedroom and instantly I'm overtaken with this instinctive mentality to fight. So I walk over, uh, reach for my Bible, I cry out to God, and just like that, uh, like a switch, I felt the pressure come up off my left arm as it slowly comes off the rest of my body until it's no longer on me. It wants to stay, but I won't let it. I don't remember what I said exactly after that, but all I remember is that when I reached for my Bible, okay, I knew that God had my back. And what he showed my wife and I changed our lives forever. And here's his synopsis as a Christian. First and foremost, this was not a relative. And that includes the Virgin Mary. Okay? He says, popular what people may think, but it was pure evil. God showed me in a single instant that God's revelation of the supernatural is for him and him alone. Deuteronomy 18, don't mess with it. But it does exist. And also that everything in life we need is contained for us in the Holy Bible. It is our guide, our sword, our protector from the sins of this world. Needless to say, my Bible goes with me now everywhere. I read it, okay? I'm learning from it. It's providing for me what I wanted so long, and that's a relationship with God. My message to everyone who reads this is God is real, salvation is real, but Satan and his parasitic demons are also real, and they're roaming out there just waiting for you to let your guard down, and they will stop at nothing to lead you astray because they want your soul. Now that's an actual testimony I just got from a Christian who learned things the hard way. When you get out of the bounds of the scripture, you can be deceived, not just by demons, but you can make them show up. Okay? Well, with all that said, as we close, folks, listen to this. If you still don't want to listen to Josh, you still don't want to listen to how unbiblical these so-called visions of the Virgin Mary are, and this is a demonic deception, then all you have to do is listen to the messages themselves. The messages are full of lies. And Jesus makes it very clear that every lie can be traced back to its ultimate source, and that's called Satan. I didn't say that. Jesus did. John 8, 44. You belong to your father, the who? Devil. And you want to carry out his desire. 
He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. In fact, when he lies, Satan, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of what? Lies. So according to Jesus, folks, uh, he's not just a murderer. He's a liar and the father of all lies, which means ultimately somewhere along the line, a lie that got started and propagated on the planet, including the so-called visions of the Virgin Mary, ultimately had its starting point with who? The devil. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Okay? And guess what, folks? When you take a look at these so-called messages that are coming from this apparition and you put it against the Bible, shocker, every single one of them is a lie, which means it's coming from Satan. Let's take a look at that. The following represent common messages from the apparition of Mary. Dear children, today I invite you to ask yourself why I am with you this long. I am the mediatrix between you and God. What? <laughs> Wrong answer. Strike one. Uh, no, you are not the mediatrix between God and man. Only Jesus. Uh, read the Bible. What a concept, okay? First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man who? Christ Jesus, not Mary. That's a lie. So where's that coming from? Coming from Satan, okay? But that's not all. Let's take a look at another lying message coming from this apparition. The world is degenerating. So much so that it was necessary for the Father and the Son to send me into the world, among all the peoples, in order to be their advocate and to save them. What? <laughs> Wrong answer. Strike two. Uh, Jesus Christ is our advocate, only he, folks. This is absolutely crazy. This is what the Bible says. First John chapter 2, verse 1. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, who? Jesus Christ the righteous, not Mary, that's a lie, okay? But let's take a look at yet another lying message from this entity. I call upon you to open yourselves completely to me, so that through each of you, I may be enabled to convert and save the world. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, three strikes, you're out. You are not the one who is going to save this world. Read the Bible, folks. How many times, have we forgotten this verse? This is basic Christianity, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave who? His one and only son, not Mary, that whoever believes in him, Jesus, shall not perish but have eternal life. Let me give you just a, a couple more here. Let's take a look. I alone am able still to save you from the calamities which approach. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved. What? You know it's coming <laughs> That's right. No, nope, there's only one way to escape the wrath of God. Can anybody guess who it is before I even quote the verse? Rhymes with Jesus. What are you, Christians or something, reading your Bible? What a concept. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ, not Mary. One more to go. Hopefully you're getting to see the pattern, but let's take a look at that. My daughter, in this time I am the ark for all your brethren. I am the Ark of Peace. I am the Ark of Salvation. The Ark where my children must enter if they wish to live in the kingdom of God. Oh, do you guys want to make the noise or do you want the fake one? Hey, right on. We're bonding as a church. No, you're not. There's only one way to get into the kingdom of God. Can you guess who that is? Rhymes with Jesus, you discerning Christians. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way. That's it. 
and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father. How do you get to the kingdom? Through Jesus Christ, period. Not Mary, okay? Man, I tell you, I turn to somebody and say, I read my Bible today. Right? All right? Folks, I bring all that up just to build the case. You even look at the horse's mouth, so to speak, and what's coming out of it. And I'm telling you, I don't have time to go even, that's the tip of the iceberg. I, again, I'm not saying these people aren't seeing something, because I think they are. I'm not saying they're not hearing something, because they're writing it down, and you're hearing it. But the Bible's very clear. That is not from Mary. That is a familiar spirit called a demon, and it is the same false female deity the Old Testament warned about, the Queen of Heaven. It's happening again today. And we don't have time to go into this, but did you know Revelation 17 says that the one world religion movement is a womanly figure who rides the beast or the Antichrist? And I wonder who that womanly figure might be. Interesting. It's almost like we're living in the last days and it's time to get motivated. Anybody come to that conclusion? Hey, and that's why Jesus as always says this, Luke 21, 28, when you see this stuff happening, folks, what do you do? Stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. It's time to do rapture practice. We're going home. Jesus is coming back to get us. If you're saved, and therefore the logical conclusion is, if you know people around you who aren't saved, what do you do? Get busy sharing the gospel, right? And one last time, if you're here today, I don't know the heart. God does. But if you're not saved, you need to get saved right now. Let me read to you in closing what Josh said. God is real. Salvation is real. But Satan and his parasitic demons are also real. And they're out there roaming, waiting for you because they want your soul. Don't go to hell. Receive Jesus' wonderful offer of forgiveness today through him and him alone. And go to heaven instead. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. 
uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay, the Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it. 
if he would grant them what's called a pardon. Out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.